Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and thanks for tuning in to Lesbianist, the podcast where we discuss life as non-traditional families and navigating the triumphs and hardships that come with the journey. I'm Lily, one of your hosts. And I'm her better half, Jada, and with us as always is our go-to couple. I'm Kylie, the life of the party. And I'm usually sleeping, it's Rachel. Hey guys, how's Hi. everyone? Oh. What's up? <laughs> how's everyone doing? Welcome back to the show. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode. And we are on episode two talking about gaby. It's baby time. All right. So yeah, Lily, did you always know you wanted to be a parent? I did, yes. I actually knew from the time that I was probably born that I always loved kids. <laughs> came out of the you womb know, came out of the baby. womb wanted a baby. Um, no, I knew always knew that I wanted to have kids and I'm very passionate about having children and stuff. So I think from what I can remember, like, you know, even into like high school and stuff and seeing my friends some dealing with teen pregnancy and stuff like that, I was always like, Yeah, I knew that I wanted to be a mom. Just didn't know how I wanted to attack it because I knew personally I did not want to birth a child, but Overall, I did know that I wanted to have a baby. What about you, Kylie? I think everyone that knows me knows I've always wanted to be a mom. Yep. I'm kind of the same as you. I Ever since I can remember, like, my cousins weren't that much younger than me, and I was trying to carry them around and make them my little baby dolls. So So much fun. Gotta do what you gotta do. Rachel? Feeding your baby dolls. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I got in trouble a lot for feeding my baby dolls real food. (laughs) Babies gotta eat. Babies do gotta eat. That's yep. true. Never had to worry about that. That's Seriously. hilarious. Yeah. Rachel, your perspective on wanting to be a parent? I didn't want to birth kids. I still don't want to birth kids. But we can have kids. <laughs> She's like, I'm open to the conversation. I just don't want to birth them. And okay. you know that. Yeah, that's 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 her main concern. She's doesn't want anything growing inside her. No, mm-hmm. you don't want a watermelon to come out of your no. goodies. Ooh. Yuck. What about you, Jada? <laughs> well, when I say it like that, it doesn't make me want to do it either. <laughs> no, I, um, I definitely always knew that I wanted to have kids. I Before I even was with Lily and when I was on the straight path, I always thought that I wanted to adopt. And when me and Lily had first started talking about having kids... I said, I think that I want to adopt. And she was like, why? Just because we're gay, that means that we have to adopt? And I was like, no, it was just, I don't know. And so we had talked about it a lot. We had had a lot of conversations about it. And yeah, I've, I, the more I thought about it, of course, I was like, okay, I want to have a baby and I want to, I want to be pregnant and feel the baby kick and do all that stuff. So yeah, it's definitely something that, something that we want to do. And we don't know when or a time frame or anything like that, but. Yeah, and she, we've kind of kept it on the down low and just kind of like between ourselves because we haven't known when we wanted to try. But we did end up trying last year, but we haven't told anyone till now. Um, Surprise! Hope you're listening, you're listening everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, we didn't. Tr- we tried a couple times last year and it just didn't work out and we were fostering so we just decided to put that on the back burner just like you know because you want to focus on one thing at a time but i think eventually we'll bring it back up into the table and um we're both equally excited for it and we can't wait to start doing it what about you guys do you have a timeline or well i want to say okay so jada you said you wanted to adopt like that's something Mm -hmm. you wanted to do yeah lily what about you like have you did you always want to foster Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to foster because my parents used to do it. And so I loved the concept of helping out people that are less fortunate or going through some things or, you know, just their different situations other than mine. But I also knew that I could easily adopt through foster care as well or, you know, go through down those paths either. So no matter what, as long as my family is loved and whole, we don't care where you come from right. or how you get there. But whenever you're under our house, you'll be loved by us. And that's all we care about. So it doesn't matter what anyone comes from or how it gets there but right she's a lot like rachel who does not want to carry a baby (laughs) yeah (laughs) at all definitely not going to birth it myself but we'll figure out a way yeah i'm gonna gonna apologize right now for any weird noise you guys hear there are children in our house (laughs) i was about to to add that (laughs) thank you jada yeah so you guys on your journey have you figured out a timeline have you always kept it secret did you you know how did you guys go about or how are you going to go about your journey of being a family well i'm i'm kind of the same way as you i i don't have like a set plan for like what will make up our family in the end yeah i know that i want obviously we're fostering and i would love to be able to adopt from foster care even though that's not the goal um and then i want biological children of my own so 
we are actively trying to have our own little baby. Yeah. Woohoo! Yay! I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Little baby. Mm-hmm. So exciting. So and we so have been uh, we have been private about it up until this point, but we have decided to start talking about it in hopes that by being open, we can shed some light on what it's like and um, kind of be a glimmer of hope to people in our shoes because it is a lot to go through. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, and it's always good to have people kind of in your corner but not pressuring you at the same time of like yeah like we're supporting you let us know if we need anything or whatever but also at the same time do it at your own speed yeah. you know not having those people that are like when are you getting pregnant when are you doing this blah 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 blah. it's like let us be like we're just going through it like you know what i mean why rush having those people exactly yeah. yeah so okay so lily you did not want to carry it all correct yeah i knew from probably the get-go that i was like nope this is not happening <laughs> i just i'm just not that I'm not girly. I'm really tomboy, and that has nothing to do with it. But in my mind, I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I don't want to have any of those let's, hormones let's be raging honest, through. Could anybody imagine her? Like, could you imagine? Well, Lily same being with Rachel. Pregnant? Like Rachel, I think you should talk a little bit about why. I mean, I just don't want to feel that. Like yeah. it, may, it would make me feel uncomfortable personally. Like mm-hmm. just the way that I identify. <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to feel. Like, a being living in me <laughs> like, growing or all that stuff and just yeah. like the aftermath of that like mm-hmm. I think it's a cool process but I personally don't want to go through that I think it's really good to know yourself and what you can handle yeah. um, obviously pregnancy and having children can cause a lot of body dysmorphia and so like mm-hmm. knowing your limits and knowing what you can handle is really good Yeah, it, that yeah. just reminded me this is kind of off topic but I am obsessed with Rachel Hollis And she had, in one of her podcasts, or maybe it was one of her books, I think it was a book, she was saying that when she had her first kid, she didn't realize, she just thought that after she had her first baby that, like, she would go back to her hot, tight body. Oh, no. (laughs) So she brought a pair of her pre-pregnancy pants. Ooh. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) And it was just, yeah, she, like, had to send her husband to... Yeah. Yeah, and so it's, I think that that's a lot of things that, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't think about is that, like, your body will never be the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just don't know what would really happen because some people do bounce back yeah. after yeah. and other right. people it takes however Years. long it takes. Yeah. And all bodies are beautiful whether they've birthed babies or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's good that you can kind of say from the get-go, like, you can tell your partner, I'm not physically wanting to do this, so that your partner can be like, okay, I will do it, or we'll figure out a different option instead of mm-hmm. having that discussion later on, and then you're like, no, I, we need you to do this. And it's like, no, I don't want to, because that can cause a rift as well. Yeah. So the open discussion really helps a lot, too. I want to hear some about, because you said, you know, you guys are actively trying. What, like, do you have any concerns? Because I know that you have some health stuff what talk about that a little bit yeah so i have endometriosis and pcos um so having babies in general is not very easy for people with endometriosis and pcos so um right now we do have a reproductive endocrinologist um that i am working with technically COVID has kind of tampered with things but um we are trying to get pregnant the old-fashioned way <laughs> and old-fashioned way for gay, gay old-fashioned yeah. way yeah. and we're all young so we have that going against yeah. us going like, for us going for us sorry not going against oh us God. we all have that going for us so that's definitely a good thing yeah and we're all relatively healthy like we don't have uh, as far as we know we don't have I any problems so. but, i mean besides your pcos and all that stuff which is huge but yeah um, so, I mean, if you're listening and you're not gay and can't relate to that, I'm sure there's something you can relate to mm-hmm. yeah. as we talk about our journey. So Yeah, 100%. Um, with being gay, there are some things that we do have to consider and some other types of ways that we can um, produce a baby and go throughout that process. Do one of you guys want to talk about yeah. kind of some of the options? Well, first you tell us what you guys are doing and what that entails. Okay, so we currently are trying ICI, which is also known as intracervical insemination or at-home insemination. Um, so when I say we're doing it the, the good old-fashioned way, <laughs> we really are trying to be as close to uh, natural, I guess, as possible, is how my doctor put it. Oh um, um, so with at-home insemination, what, that's what I typically call it there is a 10 to 15% success rate per cycle. And um, it's 
the same success rates really as a heterosexual, healthy heterosexual couple um, trying to get pregnant. We have over a 90% chance of getting pregnant within 12 months. So that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cards are definitely stacked for us on that one. <laughs> yeah. I'll give it a good old try for a yeah. year. What all is included in the process that you guys are doing in home insemination what like do you, do you guys like what steps need to be taken what things that you guys have to do okay can you describe that a little bit more to the viewers that aren't sure of it i would recommend having a physical first and just talking with your doctor to let them know what you're planning on um it's always good to just keep your healthcare team in the loop so my appointment with my doctor was just like, hey, I'm having a baby. And he's like, oh, interesting, you're gay. So how are you doing that? And I just told him. Why is that always a thing? Well, he's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's chill. Um, but once you've got that taken care of, I highly, highly, highly recommend taking prenatals. Even, I mean, if you're even thinking about considering starting this process, start taking prenatals. It's not going to hurt you. All it can do is help. Um. And then tracking your cycle is very, very important. You get to know your body really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your partner does too. Yeah. The partners are very, the partners are very much involved in this process as well because it's, yeah. it, it takes over your guys' life for sure. Yeah. It does, honestly. I'd say it definitely takes commitment and a giant pack of ovulation testing strips. <laughs> yep. Which you can giant. buy on Amazon. Oh um, a lot of people recommend tracking your cycle for a couple of months before the first insemination to make sure you know when you're ovulating. It really depends on how well you know your body, though, because for me, even before I started tracking my ovulation, I knew what it felt like when I ovulated and like not necessarily what days of the month I did because of my issues, but I know what I'm ovulating. So things like that really help. Um, And so if you don't know yourself as well or or if it's something you've never paid attention to, you might want to spend a couple months doing it and taking notes on it. Um, There's apps on it as well. And things Lots like of that. apps. I've yeah. seen so many apps. Ton. Do you have any, like, a list of items that you can just, like, ramble off your head of, like, some things that you need to do? You mentioned the ovulation strips, but is there anything else that needs to go into it? Like, the common joke is a turkey baster, <laughs> turkey baster baby, and all those type of things. Like, do you have, like, a little list that you can just tell viewers of maybe they're thinking about doing this process and they're not sure of or where you found some information or something like that? Yeah, you really don't need that much. Honestly, I... um started watching tiktoks i like oh kind of, my god i i knew like the process um but i i didn't know what specific items i needed to be looking for so i did start watching youtube videos but i don't like the youtube videos as much because i feel like they're not as real yeah um yeah or they're one story like one person's specific thing yeah. and they went through their specific yeah body but i stuff. found a couple of people on tiktok who document like their entire journey from insemination to being pregnant it's a pretty good platform for that i'd say that's super cool i didn't even know that was a thing on tiktok yeah yeah it's really cool (laughs) yeah i just stumbled upon it one day so um there are lists online as well of things you need for at home insemination but as with everything else in life there's a lot of differing opinions on the process and the most successful at home insemination tips and tricks and stuff like that for us some things we got were ovulation test strips um we bought a pack of 100 ovulation strips and 50 pregnancy tests i can't remember the oh they were pregmate on amazon we really like them is that what we got mm-hmm. another yeah. brand is easy at home they're very popular as well i'm in a lot of trying to conceive pages on facebook and those are the two yeah big ones um needleless syringes ours are like small you don't need like big ones no you really don't you need like 10 millimeter or less um, seriously no, yeah. yeah something smaller. yeah that's what ours are mm-hmm. a little baby just oh. something small mm-hmm. and specimen cups you gotta have somewhere to put it um we use glass because apparently from my research um the the specimen doesn't stick to glass like it does plastic so it's easier to get the entire thing in the syringe i did not know that <laughs> yeah fun we learn something new every day yeah. Yeah. we also use soft cups so there's typically two um what's the word i'm thinking of two processes mm-hmm. that people follow they either used a soft cup where the guy um puts the specimen in the soft cup and then they insert that 
for those I've of heard you a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know what a soft cup is, it is a menstrual product. It's basically a semi-hard little ring with um, plastic. It's like it's a cup that you insert, and so a lot of people will put the sperm in there and then insert that. And that has pretty good, right? I mean, everything that I've heard and read about those is that they have good success rates with soft cups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's meant to keep it up by your cervix so that it gets where it needs to go, up where it needs to go mm-hmm. easier. Um, and then there's also the syringe method, where the goal is to aim the syringe at the opening of your cervix so those swimmers can go where they need to go. Um, we use a combination. We do the syringe, and then after the insemination, we put a soft cup in, and I keep it in for honestly until the next insemination um i think that's about it i just have a little like box with all of our stuff in pre-seed. it we oh pre-seed is optional uh, some people swear by it some people don't like it what is pre-seed pre-seed is a non-spermicidal lube a lot of lube on the market is meant to kill sperm. Okay, I did know that actually. Yeah, and so pre-seed is just one that does not kill yeah. sperm. It's supposed to help them like get to where they're supposed to go <laughs> better too. Also, I guess. like knowing your body and knowing if you need lube or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you for might sure. not need to buy it. I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessary for every person. Yeah, it's just like one of those things. It's just an added thing that could value it or couldn't value it you don't really know i will say also there is debate over um digital and um yes test strips Mm -hmm. like the kind of debate (laughs) yeah and we actually use both um i when i was waiting on my um test strips from amazon i went and bought the clear blue bluetooth ovulation kit and it's actually i i really like it because it gives me an app where I can, it just uploads the results of my ovulation test so I can see like when I'm at peak and, and and things like that. But it's honestly not completely necessary. We are doing just fine with this test trips as well. I just like using a mixture of them. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I think that when we, cause like as we had tried last year, I think that if we would have done, I don't wanna say more research, but you know, kind of, I did a lot of research. Better, pre- I don't like better prepared as in like tried the soft cup and done whatever, you know, like I just think that we just kind of went and winging it. <laughs> but even then, I mean, all these methods, they might work yeah. for somebody and not for other people. Like, right. Some people will tell you that like acupuncture is what caught them pregnant, but you never truly know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of when we were trying last year, us not being successful after a couple of tries three or two or three or four i can't remember exactly how many we did but we started looking at other processes and some other options that we wanted to mention just because there's typically three go-to um procedures that happen it would be iui and so that's actually implanting the sperm straight into the uterus and this is done um via a clinic um so you would go into a doctor And then some people do this also if they have infertility, um, straight sex couples, everyone can do this procedure really. I mean, if you're dealing with infertility, if you're just two same sex couple and you're trying to have a baby, you can go through this route as well um, before you go to IVF. But so pretty much you go into the clinic, you kind of explain your situation, why you're there. And if you're dealing with infertility, they'll go through a list of tests from both male and the female, but we're just two females. So I just know about our perspective on this. And this is just from what we've heard from some of the people that we've talked to here in Nebraska. So it could vary from clinic to clinic, just like any of the stuff with anything that we talk about really could just depend on your body and all that stuff. But so what our place does is since we're two females are just focusing on Jada because she's going to be the one carrying and before that yeah they kind of simply (laughs) just ask me if something does go wrong and jada's body can't do it would you be willing to and i just said i don't really want to do that (laughs) like i'm not comfortable with it but at the same time let's just focus on her like we'll we'll, figure it out throughout the way if we get yeah i'm just going in hoping that it's going to be her (laughs) the whole time yeah but so they kind of just work us through the process and some things that go through is um you have to notify them when you first get on your period so that way they can kind of know okay this is around the rough time of you're going to be ovulating and when we need to do blood tests and do all this other stuff so during your period i think day three or four they have you go do blood work to check your hormone levels while you're on your period 
and then they get um just like a whole a bunch of other blood work done with it um but that's just one main thing that they're looking for and then after your period finishes they do something called an hsg which is kind of like a uterus x-ray procedure um it has a really fancy name but i'm not quite sure how to pronounce it fully so i'm just going to use their acronym i'd like you to try no no um wait wait, wait. i want to try okay why she's looking it up it's um a procedure that checks your uterus lining to make sure you don't have polyps and anything that's concerning and it also um so they inject a dye into your uterus and then they take x-rays throughout the time seeing if that dye will go up to your fallopian tubes and go around and make sure that the sperm has a good traveling path because like if they're if the dye is not going through both fallopian tubes and they obviously know like either your right side is down or your left side's down or there's a blockage on both so there's no way for the sperm to travel and then there'll have to be other discussions to figure that out um this option is also cost wise it's right in the middle between both like at home insemination if you have your own personal donor you don't really have much cost other than buying the ovulation strips the pregnancy tests like all the things that you need to do to do that it it's definitely a pro for at home insemination yeah the so cost. that's why we tried it first because it's <clears throat> the cheaper option um you still have to do costs like it's not free none of this stuff is free and but i mean with at home insemination you can kind of decide how committed you're going to be to right. like yeah exactly. you don't have to there's so much that you can pick and choose like yeah mm-hmm. if you're going to do this you yeah. know like i'm not necessarily going to go to an acupuncturist right now but right yeah, see down the road if that's <laughs> exactly <not> necessary <laughs> yeah you can be fully in or you can do it however exactly you want and that's how much money you're going to spend yeah but iui is kind of in that middle tier between um at home insemination iui and ivf and so you roughly have you have to go to a sperm bank or you can have a known donor like you have those two options so if you do have to do the sperm bank you have to spend about 600 to 800 per vial which is about 10 milliliters leaders i would say yeah and Some so it can be more you know it just yeah it depends on like the donor if the donor's popular with a bank though too i just wanted to mention this real quick um obviously with each of these methods there are varying levels of success rates mm-hmm. how much of it up, is up to chance and science you know is debatable i guess for some people but the thing with going to a clinic too is that i don't know if you've mentioned this yet but that the wash the sperm is actually washed so that's kind of a a benefit you have going through a bank is that you already have the concentrated good stuff yeah instead of all the extras right yep yeah and um so even if you go through a sperm bank or if you bring in a donor they will actually wash the donor sperm as well that you bring in so that makes sure that they make sure like everything is good to go and ready um because we did ask about that too if we would bring in our own donor to save some on that cost or we just had like a personal someone that we wanted to do personally they would make sure that the sperm is good to go they would check all the all of his swimmers I imagine and all that, that would be stuff. such a tedious job yeah, like trying to sit in there in the machine, clean sitting out there in the dish. Oh, you don't have to go in and like pick them out. No, I don't know how it works. I mean, it I'm says sure that they wash the sperm, so I just assumed that meant that they went and yeah, well, a soap and rag. Oh my god, yeah. okay. I'm gonna pause this for a second because I want to say how I think that HSG, <laughs> HSG procedure is pronounced, and I also messaged my mom, the nurse, and told her to send us a voice oh, message of how it actually is. That pronounced. is hilarious. So I'm gonna guess. Hysterosalpingogram. Hystero what? Hysterosalpingogram. Okay. Okay. Here's mom. Here's Let's Sheila. Hopefully she didn't say anything else before this. Hysterosalpingogram. You were pretty... Woo! Let me play it one more good. time. Hysterosalpingogram. Hey. That's Thank you, Kaylee's right. mom. That's right. Thanks, Sheila. Thanks, wow. Sheila. Appreciate you. Yeah, so that procedure, um, <laughs> the HSG is just like what I was describing. They kind of have like an x-ray machine over your stomach and then they'll just track the dye going through and then eventually the dye just comes back out. Like it doesn't harm you anything, but they did say you could have cramping while the dye is going through your body because it's just implanting something else other than what it's not supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing when you get implemented with sperm with all of these. You're going to have cramping. You're going to have, you know, it's just kind of the thing that you have to deal with. And um, if you're going through ovulation, I mean, you're just going to have cramps, cramps anyway. Yeah. Yep. So, so cramping is usual. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, I don't really get too crampy during ovulation. That's so interesting because when I said, like, I know my body, like, I can I can feel myself ovulating. Yeah. That's how I know. So crazy. You can even feel your ovaries hurting. Like, yeah. I went to the doctor yeah. for that quite a few years ago, and they're like, "Oh, you're just ovulating. It's just your ovary." Like I know <laughs> like, which. Shut up! I know which ovary is dropping. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! 
It's so crazy. It is. Yeah, so during the blood work, like we were saying, you you do have to see how many eggs you have and when they're going to drop and how many are viable to collect the sperm. And so they do all that stuff, too. They test which, which egg is going to be the best suitor for it, and they go through a whole big thing of testing and all this stuff for IUI. Um, you also have to be, you don't have to be, but they do have some medications that you can be on if you have troubles ovulating or if you have, you need extra help with those things. And they do have a trigger shot that you're supposed to do right before inflammation. Implantation. Um, implantation. Is that what you're thinking? Yes. Sure. Implantation. <laughs> um, and it, it's used to help promote the egg stimulation to get that ready for the spermy. And the reason for the trigger shot is the the trigger shot actually makes you ovulate. So it's not a guessing game, whereas with our at-home insemination, we kind of have to play like, okay, I got the strongest positive test Mm -hmm. at this time, so I'm going to inseminate at this time. With the trigger shot, they nail down exactly when that egg is dropping so they can make sure the little spermies are there at the right time. Mm -hmm. That's that's what the purpose of that shot is. Yeah. And with same thing with IUI and at-home insemination, you're getting about a 20% success rate with this. Um, Per cycle. Per cycle, yep. And so with IUI, it's just them implanting the sperm right into the uterus. But with at-home insemination, it's just going into, it's got its find a way, its way to the uterus type of situation. That's pretty much the only biggest difference. And you have to just go through a clinic to do IUI. Um, So then usually if IUI and ICI are unsuccessful, um, the time frame kind of varies by your doctor some some doctors will say after for example like three cycles of IUI if it's unsuccessful you would move on to IVF um I know I believe typically with heterosexual couples they want you trying for at least 12 months before they'll consider other options but if you do go to IVF that is a little bit of a different um procedure it's got higher success rates it is more expensive it's about a 40 percent success rate with IVF, they extract the eggs and then they manually combine the egg and the sperm in the lab. From there, they see which embryo is most viable and then they'll implant usually more than one embryo. Mm-hmm. And I know that some of it is your choice how many embryos will be implanted. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the more embryos you have, the higher chance of twins and multiples you have. And you can always freeze those embryos mm-hmm. or and stuff like that if you want to save it for a while down because if you have some good ones you want to keep have some good ones <laughs> have some have some good babies in the future yeah. or try for some good babies and this is the most costly procedure because it is um a procedure Spence they have to put it. you underneath anesthesia to implement the eggs um back into your body it's more it's not risky or anything but you just have your body just has to go through a little bit more than the just other two more procedures than the other yeah yep. yeah um iui is is Basically, it's a lot like at-home insemination. It's just a longer tube attached to the vial that goes up through your cervix, whereas IVF is just a lot more involved of the process. Mm -hmm. There is also reciprocal IVF, which is also sometimes called partner-assisted reproduction. Um, I know that, Rachel, and I, this is something that we would consider because although Rachel doesn't want to carry a baby, she is still worthy, uh, worthy of having a baby with her DNA, that I am perfectly capable of caring for her and us. Um, with reciprocal IVF, we would extract one of her eggs in the lab. The sperm would be injected, the embryo would be created, and then transferred into my body so that I would grow the baby and have the connection through breastfeeding and pregnancy and stuff. Whereas the baby would actually technically be Rachel's okay, biologically. But question mm-hmm. with that. If they, mm-hmm. okay, so if, using you as an example, if they did that, took Rachel's embryo, put it in your body, what, like, I feel like there's chances probably of it not taking to her embryo and taking to one of yours, right? Or like, no, because they would stop, they halt my reproductive. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would they make just focus my, on hers. Yep. Yeah. That's why I was like, well, how can they make that? Like, mm-hmm. But that makes sense. From the stories I've heard, it, it can be kind of tough on both people in the relationship because obviously one of them is having their eggs extracted. So she's you know going through extra hormones and stuff to make her eggs drop. 
Meanwhile, in me, they would be completely stopping my reproductive system. Plus so having yeah, Ugh. that's so interesting. But it's I know like it's, up and down. Yeah, I know it's it's been a really good option for a lot of couples who struggled with the connection part of things, mm-hmm. which can be really hard when you're not the gestational carrier in a relationship to not have that biological connection to the child. Yeah, and isn't it so crazy that all these options are available? Yeah, to people like your human body can do so many things. It really can. The fact that, that they can take somebody that. else's embryo and put it into another yeah, human, somebody like, else's it's just, eggs. It's yeah. crazy. Well, there's even, I mean, there's so much science happening right now beyond what we're even talking about that I've been even like bone marrow or something, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. Bone marrow heart transplants all these other things that function in your body can function in someone else's body if they have the perfect blood type well, what or rachel's talking about is like growing a baby from with bone marrow yeah 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 like, i've seen some of those studies yeah it's just crazy but like stuff is happening very quickly and it's going to be a long time before those come to fruition and actually being able to use those technologies um for situations like ours but yeah it's amazing how far we've come in the mm-hmm. past like so 40 cool. years even. i mean come on bluetooth birth like ovulation yes. Yes. like yes. that's yes. Bluetooth. crazy i didn't Wi-Fi? know about that until you told us about yeah. it it's so cool it's yeah, an it's app really cool. on your phone like yeah it's so insane <laughs> it's so weird i had never because i have endo and pcos i've never been someone that tracks my period and the only way i track it now is through this clear blue app because it tells so me everything cool. it's pretty Love cool it. So yeah. Um, when you guys do your at-home insemination, how? So you guys know your donor. Mm-hmm. How many times do you inseminate? As many as possible. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. They just keep them there all day, and they're just like, "You're gonna be on standby, okay?" <laughs> no. Um, there's a lot of like, again, debate on when you should inseminate in relation to your ovulation. But again, a lot of people don't have it like I do, where I can just be like, "Hey." let's shoot for like let's inseminate this day this day this time like a lot of people have to like fly in to their donor state Mm -hmm. to do an insemination things like that we're lucky because we're in the same city so um this last insemination or a cycle i think we inseminated probably like five Mm. five or six times that's good over a course of it was twice a day yeah at least um i think it was like i think it was on Thanksgiving, there was one, and yeah. then and then there was like two per day for two days, and then one more or something like that. That's pretty something good, like that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. And so with your um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, with your donor, is it since you do have a known donor, is that something that's like super important to you that you know the donor? Are you if it doesn't work, are you going to go to unknown donor? Well, how are you guys going to do that? Keep the We're guy. Gonna- <laughs> we're gonna have a baby however we we need to have a yeah. baby um i do hope that this donor works out we really yeah. like him and we love well we love him and we love his family <laughs> and yeah. i know this is really important to him and um it's just it, it's it is important to me to have a known donor if possible so rachel yeah. you yeah. what do you feel how Same, important is to you pretty much i mean I'm just kind of go with the flow. Like, <laughs> you know that. She's but also very respectful of the fact that it's, like, my body. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm carrying not the going baby, to And so be. she kind of takes a step back on a lot of things. That's good. Just tell me what's going on, and I'll figure it out with you. <laughs> She's like, here to support you. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think that, like, I feel like we got super lucky with the people that we have just because, like, they are super, super, like, we've made jokes, like, this entire time about, like, Kylie, or not Kylie, Rachel and Lily, like, going out at midnight, getting us blizzards and, like, all this stuff. And, and Kylie and Jada have been making jokes about going to the bar and having a one-night stand, <laughs> so. That's right. You, you have to, to you, get the fuck you out. You've got to do yeah. what you got to do, okay? It's it's a very good bond relationship. <laughs> I always joked about that with my doctor, and he laughed, so. so funny. <laughs> yeah. I think that um, <laughs> with us, we... We're going to go through a sperm bank for sure. We've talked about it, and we think that's what we're going to do. We had talked about doing a known donor, but it was just we didn't have anybody. Like, first of all, we didn't really feel comfortable having that conversation with anybody we knew. It was not something that we had wanted to have, like not a conversation we wanted to have. And we just knew that we probably were going to end up doing a sperm bank, and so that's just kind of what we decided on. And we were fine with that. It's not. It's not something that we're like we need this thing like it's just we want to have a baby and we'll do whatever it takes to have a baby and that's what we're gonna have to do well and we don't want the donor to have like we don't want the baby to 
look at the donor isn't like a father figure or anything like that you know like if we didn't want the baby to know them and we didn't want them to be a part of everything you know we would be okay with like sending pictures and giving updates and that kind of stuff but that's about all that we would want we i feel very strongly about wanting it to be our Mm-hmm. experience our and yeah. our yeah our journey and our life and so that was something that we have talked about a lot and we felt really strongly about yeah i think there would be limits to what we let them know and yeah um or like let the donor know about our child or whatever but i think our child is going to know from the start that they're going to be a part of our family and they were just needed a little extra help to produce them and we're going to be very open with that conversation with them and whenever it comes about that they want to know if they want to know more details we'll give them more details yeah we'll never hide anything from them of course but it's just not anything that we we can't plan for the future yes um so with the bank do you guys is it important that someday your children can seek out who the donor is like do you plan on having a known donor through the bank or do you want it to be anonymous it i we haven't really decided that part yeah, yet i don't i don't know that's something that we would have to talk i don't mm-hmm. feel like we would necessarily have strong opinions about either of those like i yeah. don't feel like we'd be like no we don't want them to know or i don't feel like we'd be like yes absolutely i think it would yeah. just it's just something we'd have to talk about more and kind of see what we wanted yeah, to we, do with that the first round of inseminations that we did we knew the donor that we had and it was personal a personal donor kind of like what you guys are doing so we've been in that process so we would just have to you know figure out what we want to do when we're going through the sperm yeah. bank or whatever but eventually i think we would tell our kid this is who we had maybe show them a picture or something like that that yeah. so they know what they look like and all this other stuff but i don't know if I don't know if we'll do anonymous or we'll pick someone yeah. out from the bank list or whatever. Yeah, something. We haven't gotten into depth oh, go ahead. that. I think what's interesting is over the past 20 years, like, it's just changed with DNA testing and 23andMe, Ancestry. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's It's been crazy how much that's changed everything yeah. with knowing an anonymous donor. That's what I was just about to say. Like, anonymous really is not yeah. anonymous so, anymore. So, I mean, even if we, you know, you pick... Jim I Bob. Mean, donors have <laughs> to know Jim now Bob. that... Like the chances of them being known as yeah, higher than exactly. they do like so. the ancestry stuff, like you're talking about, I right? Mean. And so what I'm saying is, if you choose an anonymous donor, air quotes, now <laughs> 20 years from now, where are we going to be with exactly. DNA testing? Yeah, for you know? sure. Mm-hmm. I think that um, with that being said, for us, I something that we do feel very strongly about is. Well, okay, as of right now, we feel very strongly about is the fact that we want the donor to somewhat resemble Lily, just because we do want it, we do want the whole process to feel like it is me and mine and Lily's baby. I mean, of course it is our baby, but you guys know what I mean. Um, And so, you know, blue eyes, light hair, that kind of stuff, that is something that we feel very strongly about at this moment. Again, that is not one of those things that like, we could probably be easily deterred off of it, if we needed to be but it's mm-hmm. as of right now that's kind of what we're looking for so mm-hmm. does your what is your oh yeah your donor does not look like either of you does he like does he have features <laughs> i mean he's got blue eyes like rachel yeah pretty blue, blue eyes, eyes? yeah They're always sli- she's always sleeping we can't see her eyes <laughs> her eyes are always shut that when she's is here so true <laughs> Yeah, what do you, do you guys care? Do you guys care about knowing or having those traits within each other? Or do you guys just want to, as long as you can create a baby, it doesn't matter. Because since you already have your donor picked out. Well, for me, I mean, remember a lot of my life, like, I I don't know what my family makeup is going to be. So I really don't care what even the kids I have biologically look like. Because I know that our family is probably going to look different with Mm -hmm. whatever scattered in, you know, whatever makes our family up. Um, I don't. I'll let Rachel speak for herself as far as... I don't really care. <laughs> Once again, she's just go with the flow. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. To, to us, it's not something that we necessarily specifically looked for. Um, I would say our donor's family isn't necessarily, like, very tall people, which I think is, Good. like, super tall. I don't think because, they are. Yeah, because Rachel's, like, a solid five foot and nothing more. So... Yeah. I don't want, like, some <laughs> seven foot tall kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Could you but, imagine that? Well, I mean, I hope the kid wouldn't be seven foot. But, right. you know, um, I... I I guess without even realizing it, I did kind of look for a donor that wasn't super tall. Yeah. Um, and I wanted blue eyes because I like blue eyes. <laughs> but with your 
brown, your, your dark browns. Shit brown eyes. No, I'm just kidding. My parents both are blonde hair, blue eyed. Really? So, Serious. Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> what kind of relationship, since we talked about how we care about, we're, we don't, we're not sure of what relationship we want. We're just not wanting the dad figure because we don't, we're two females. What relationship do you see your donor playing and your guys' children? I'm going to let Rachel take this one. I want to hear what she has to say first. Okay. <laughs> well, like, it's not going to be like a dad. Like, yeah. it's going to be like, that's your dad. Like, <laughs> no. That's your dad. We don't plan on using the word donor. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we'll be involved for yeah. sure. Um, that's really important to me is that our our donor is involved and our child knows who they are. Fun uncle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely want him to be around. I want him to get to experience it and know who the kid is. And I know we've talked about having holidays and birthdays and stuff together. And it's just kind of the nature of how our relationship is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've known this family pretty much since I can remember, and we're very close. And so this journey is it's big for all of us. Yeah. So. It's so very cool. important that we're... I mean, he helped create that life, technically. Yeah. So, yeah. and especially with, like like you said, our relationship with him and the family. Like, I'm yeah. totally fine with him being around. Yeah, we're very thankful for him, and we want him yeah. to play whatever role he wants to play. I don't even know him, and I already love him. <laughs> we just know what he looks like. Right. Baby as picture. a baby. Um, yeah, as a baby. Cute baby. Do you want to have multiple kids with this donor, or would you seek out other donors in the future? How do you foresee that happening? Ideally, I would like all of my um, biological children to be from the same donor. Okay. It's not that, like, I... It's not that important overall but but like logistically and selfishly i want it to be from all the Mm -hmm. same donor Mm -hmm. um i just think having to like draw up different contracts and stuff like that with a bunch of different men would be very yeah all the legality of it yeah do you have a contract with this guy already or you don't as of yet which is going to be frowned upon by a lot of people but hey you get one yeah, I don't. It's I COVID. Man. A lot of people do it before. <laughs> a lot of people do it before they start trying. Um, right now, we very much trust him and are not so worried about mm-hmm. the legal side of things. But yeah. when I am pregnant, because the world is the way it is, mm-hmm. there will be legal papers drawn up and stuff. Is like that, that something? And maybe this can't be answered right now. So. Say next month you guys try and you inseminate and you get pregnant, but you don't have the contact contract written up until the following month. Say in ten years or whatever, he decides, no, I want to change it, which he can won't it, do because he's awesome. Right? Yeah, not saying that he would, but like just like hypothetically, what can they use that against? Like since you didn't have the contract, or is it just the as long as there before the baby is here? I mean, yeah, that's that's. Like that's really what we what we'll need to do, and there's, from my understanding, you drop the paperwork beforehand. You do what you can before the baby is born, but there's a lot that you can't do until afterwards. So, mm-hmm. for example, he will need to relinquish his rights, and Rachel will do a second parent adoption, and so you yeah. can't necessarily do those things until the baby is here. Yeah. So, I mean, there's again, like. A lot of this stuff is so new when you mm-hmm. think about it that there are like laws and Supreme Court cases that cover these things. I honestly have not gone that far into the yeah. legal side of it yet, but I know that when the time comes, there will be help for us and mm-hmm. making sure that we do. Yeah, what and we you need can to get do. lawyers and there all that stuff too. There are some pretty good resources out there, thankfully, yeah. even though we do live in a pretty. I believe. Conservative ACLU Nebraska has a page. Um, I think they dedicated do. to it. I'll have to look that up. And if it is a thing, I've seen something from a Nebraska source before about it. When I find it, I will link it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, and that's one thing that we're we don't really have to worry about because we're going to go through a bank. So yeah. all that stuff is yeah done for us preemptively. But I mean, at the same time, things can still happen, and we could change to a personal donor, and we'll have to do the same battle. Like yeah, we had to do a contract for ours before when we had a personal one, so we wrote up all the contract. He looked over it. We went all over it. We signed it every single great. page. Yeah, it was it wasn't anything, and you can find 
contracts all over on the internet and even yeah, on like people yeah. that you have facebook pages you can ask them you know that's can, what we is did there I think contract that, yeah if you're doing it joining some kind of you know sperm Group. donation page yeah. or conceiving pages or whatever that's going to be like a huge huge help mm-hmm. that's where we got a lot of our information yeah so if we can we can definitely also in our show notes just link some of the information that we found some of the websites that we went to that were like super helpful for us and because we've done i i specifically have done a lot of research on the other types of insemination just because our at home didn't work out the first couple of times and grant and i could have gave it 12 more months but we were like let's just go in make sure everything's fine do all this stuff and we're like let's just do iui and you know work that out so eventually that's probably what we'll do and yeah yeah i think this episode can really help a lot of people and we hope through yes. this we can help a lot of people yeah you can also um to kind of start to look into the legality side of things you can contact your local law school i know yeah. in nebraska we are university of, university of nebraska um and they the students offer free like consults so that's hmm. something that you can do also that's cool i didn't yeah. know that so yeah thank you so much for listening to this episode and hopefully this helps some of you guys and was a lot of information so hopefully you all sucked that up (laughs) just gets you guys some knowledge of what kind of has to go into it with same-sex couples and some infertility people or some people dealing with infertility have to kind of go through these some same things as well so it's not as easy as it is for some people and some people can't get pregnant at all and i'm i'm so sorry that you have to go through that and all that stuff but hopefully this can reach a couple of you guys and um, you get some knowledge from it. Yeah. Uh, we do want to talk about what's coming up on this channel yes. because we have some very exciting things happening for the LBH podcast that we want to share with you guys to give you guys a little bit of yeah. an insight on what to look forward to. Um, do you guys want to talk about that? Yeah. So next week, we'll be having an episode with Brian Splater. They have a nonprofit called Ambassadors of Kindness. And Ambassadors of Kindness has initiatives including an annual toy drive. In 2020, this toy drive provided uh, a Christmas gift for every foster child in Lincoln and Hastings. Including so our foster cool. children. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So super cool. Super nice family. Like just from what we've been doing research on and following them. And we're having him be our first guest on our show. So that's huge in itself. And he's working with us so kindly without even yeah. asking any questions and we're super excited to have him on the show and get to interview him and pick his brain a little bit about his foster experience his adoption experience what's cool about all him those also things. is it, it it was his former foster child now adopted that came up with the idea for ambassadors of kindness oh, so wow. oh that's super cool yeah. i didn't know that Aww. yeah so it's gonna be exciting it, yeah it's gonna be super wow. cool and just to have his name get out there and you know get the non-for-profit out and open and get more information on that so other people can look it up and help where they can and we're super excited to have them on the show yeah it's gonna be so good a couple weeks later i believe in early february we will be having the executive director of out nebraska on the show which is very 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 so exciting exciting exciting. i'm so glad that big things they are willing to come onto the show out nebraska is amazing um they host pride they do a lot of things yeah out out nebraska is actually in a roundabout way how we got into fostering so i'm excited to yeah talk about them and the i can't wait to like they have. her brain about yeah, things she's and, like, so knowledgeable her... it's gonna be so cool and she has such a high power in out in nebraska yeah. because she's running it so it's super gonna be it's gonna be a really good she's interview very very not knowledgeable and down to earth so yeah we're excited stay big tuned things, big like, things coming big things coming stay yeah. tuned for all those episodes please leave us a rating on whatever platform you're listening Questions. to what's the email kylie yeah, send, yeah. Us th- send us an email we would love to hear from you guys our email address is all at lbhpod.com a-l-l at lbhpod.com woo yeah Yeah. send us questions send us even some topics that you want to hear from like we can do a lot of research on a lot of different things so if you want to hear us talk about something kylie and lily because i ain't about that life yeah (laughs) and rachel's always sleeping (laughs) just kidding yeah we can do research on a lot of things or we can just randomly open up on a topic and we don't have anything to talk about we like to talk talk, yeah you just talk clearly we are four people that like to get together and talk so this this is why we started the podcast exactly we also have merch it is kind of limited right now but 
But if you have ideas for things you would like to see in our merch line, let us know. Send us an email. Yeah. I will post that link in the show notes as well. Yeah, go awesome. check it out. Super just cool send stuff. Us stuff. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Just say hi. That's we just want to know you're to listening. Mind. Suggestions, yeah. comments, you name it. Yeah. You all name. of it. Pictures Thank- of cats. Yes. <laughs> we always. love cats. Oh, and babies. Worms and babies. And dogs. <laughs> Pretty much any anything. Worms on the street. <laughs> <laughs> or send us your experience with anything that we've listed in this yeah. episode number Seriously. two or episode number one like we'd love to hear how you got pregnant or and we'd love to talk about like stuff. anything on the podcast like if somebody wants us to share their story about it or something, yeah that let us so know cool. any helpful information i would say yeah. that's that's something that i'm most excited for is just getting to reach the people that are in our yes. shoes because i honestly haven't been able to find very many podcasts or people that i truly connected with yeah yeah and knowledge sure. is power so the more knowledge we know about in-home insemination for ourselves and all that stuff why is lily over here <laughs> it's very helpful <laughs> all right so in this world of so much shitty news i'll just say it before we say goodbye we decided that we need to have a hell yeah victory moment every, hell yeah victory yeah that happened this day this week this lifetime that you feel was pretty f- freaking great yeah. yeah and we'd love to hear yours to keep some good coming into this good world yeah, yeah. And we, would, we would love to share them so yes. email us those we're gonna do ours to get this started off yeah. rachel what's your hell yeah well i took a nap <laughs> every right yes. before the show <laughs> yeah right before the show i woke her up and said showtime let's go <laughs> it was my first day back at work and i needed Woo. a nap yes right. how was work boring oh. but good but, <laughs> you're back you're making money i missed you all if anybody i work Scooters. with listening, i don't think you guys would be but <laughs> you never know you never know jada okay. yours um mine is probably that this last week so i am a hairstylist i work as a manager at a salon here in lincoln and i got chosen to teach a men's haircutting class at a beauty school yeah baby yeah so proud my victory for the week would be hell yeah victory my hell victory yeah would be getting to sit around the table and talking with my friends about a conversation that i'm that we're all passionate about having babies like that's the best thing ever having kids yeah. um so that would probably be mine and just getting to hang out with people that we love and getting to see my family last week it was super fun and i love to see my little nephew yeah he's so cute <laughs> kylie end us off here i'm honestly really excited that we're about to head into another cycle of trying for a baby yeah Yeah. baby good luck just gotta keep a positive outlook and manifest the shit out of this little cute thing yep it will come when it's ready to come good yes it's gonna be so awesome yeah yeah. we're so excited for you guys all right well thank you so much send us our send us your hell yeah and until next week bye. bye